Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 111, episode 2 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and their Coke industries and fuck Fox News. It's Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. We can dance, we can dance, got the hottest takes of them all. We can dance, we can dance, my dad used to coach basketball. We can dance, we can dance, don't know what to do with my hands. We can dance, we can dance, Jack O'Brien taking ch- the cha-cha chance. All right, nailed it. <laughs> nailed the landing, and that's that's why I'm the best you in the biz. stuck it. Stuck the land. And I'm thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, Caitlin Durante. Hi. What's up? AKA, I've got some more uh, anagrams for yes, y'all. Yes, you do. Uh, AKA Neat Lucid Train, AKA Incel Audit Rant. Those come from. Oh shit, Incel Audit Rant yeah. is great. Uh-huh. Like, that could be. <laughs> Those are both courtesy of at Mostly Mutesart. And we still have to pay homage to the number one of them all, Latin Dancer UTI. Indeed, uh, yes. The greatest mm-hmm. anagram for And your don't name. forget, you know, Nine-Tit Dracula. <laughs> Nine-Tit Dracula was great. Uh, 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 Lauren, Lauren D. Titanic is another <laughs> favorite. And also and also the uh, AKA that you sign into hotels under, uh, the alias. Yeah, yeah, Lauren yeah. D. Titanic, mm-hmm. uh, checking in. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Tamara Catan. Ah, uh, thanks. What's nice up, to be man? back. Hey, it's man. So how good are to you? Have you back. It's great to be back. Yeah. You look great. Thank you. I feel great. You're wearing the holidays well. Thank you. Uh, how was how everybody's Thanksgiving? Oh, you know, Thankful. it's fine. I was yeah. very grateful that grateful. day, but yeah. only that day. No others. Yeah. Any any different from any other long weekends? You guys just travel, chill. I just ate slightly more than usual. Yeah. yeah. Same. It's a funny thing, right? <laughs> that we allow ourselves to eat so much more on yeah. that day. Yeah. I had. I we had no turkey. None. Right, which will piss Me off. Either. Yeah, no no turkey. Yeah. I'm sick of turkey. I'm sick of pretending to be something I'm not. So we had <laughs> a lot of hummus. We, we had, the, I'm proud of dinner. this. We, we, had, we had chicken shawarma. Oh, nice. Oh, hell yeah. In your face racists. <laughs> we had hummus, tabbouleh. Oh, it was hell great. Yeah. Oh, that sounds that delicious. Sounds, we had an Egyptian Thanksgiving. Hell yeah. It was great. Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, one thing that we did that I highly recommend is uh, in the past, I have done the honey baked ham uh, thing for Thanksgiving. And this year, we just honey baked ham the whole Thanksgiving. We just went out and got the turkey too mm-hmm. and all the sides and put them in the microwave like an hour before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Uh, the in laws were in town. So we did it official, but it was so easy. Uh, that's great. That's smart. Yeah. yeah time is, great. A, is currency yeah. too. Fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preparation stuff. Uh, well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to look at what the box office looked like over the long weekend. Uh, people were concerned. Maybe the Irishman is going to fuck everything up for uh, the regular box office because everybody likes to you know, stay in and watch four-hour meditations on uh, mortality and being uh, and on the, the plight of the elderly, uh, which that ends up being. 
we're looking uh, once again at just the fact that the polls are moving for impeachment or moved uh, before the long weekend for impeachment, but it was like after the news cycle closed down. So nobody really talked about that. And it seems like the news cycle is still drifting along on this idea that people just like were not swayed by the by the impeachment hearings. And meanwhile, it's actually like near peak support for impeachment and removal. Uh, We are going to look at uh, bombshells, Steve Bullock and Joe Sestak. Uh, Would you guys know how like what they relate to if I didn't? Uh, finish the sentence that they dropped out as candidates for the 2020 Democratic no, primary. No, I thought yeah. you were talking about that movie Bombshell coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we're going to look at Jared Kushner taking over uh, his father's quest to complete the wall. Uh, I believe they have completed something like 70 feet. 32 or something. 32. Like yeah, Sorry, 32 I was feet. giving them too much credit. <laughs> uh, so 32 feet. Uh, they, they have miles and miles uh, left to do. But uh, his father-in-law is like, you know, I'll put Jared on it. Uh, we're going to do a royal check. And the royals are in the news for a number of great reasons. Uh, the crown and, you know, et cetera uh, is how I'm sure they'd like us to Summarize it. Uh, we're going to look at NBC continuing to uh, drift Foxward uh, in their overall politics and their stance. They've decided to kind of stand up as the right wing mainstream media outlet, uh, it seems like. So we're going to talk about that briefly. And uh, of course, the Christmas ornament uh, from Amazon, the Auschwitz themed Christmas ornament that got taken down. But this is uh, part of a long tradition. So we'll talk about that. But first, Tamara, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned, I actually recently looked up the origins of the Statue of Liberty. Okay. And it was an Egyptian woman. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It is designed yeah. after an Egyptian woman. It was originally supposed to be built for the Suez Canal. And the designer, when he started researching Egypt, was blown away by the pyramids and stuff. And then he saw an Egyptian peasant woman and designed the Statue of Liberty. She was supposed to stand at the front of the Suez Canal, the south side, holding a torch. Oh, wow. And then so in your face, Trump, no matter how hard you try, (laughs) we are in the DNA of this country. Right. And I want more people to know that. So when they come into American port, they go, oh, that's not just a woman holding a torch. That's an immigrant. Yeah. That's an immigrant Mm. woman and a poor immigrant woman too. Right. So yeah, that was a happy search history. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I think Bernie Sanders is grossly underrated. I think he's added some spice to his now rice. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> you yeah. think he's added some spice yeah, to his man. rice? I, I think, like that. I think there's a funny, I don't think age matters. I think life force matters. Like if oh, you look yeah. at Bloomberg, you know, Bloomberg is just a couple months younger than Bernie, but he's got a bigger life force. Yeah. You know, he's got this energy about him. And I think Bernie's figured out that he's got to tap into some of that. And, and I think he's done a good job so far. I think he's, he's Wait, got... you think Bloomberg has more life than Bernie? Yeah, I think his energy, the way he speaks yeah. and stuff, for sure. He, okay. he looks like a more solid uh, person, but I think Bernie's upped his game a little bit. Okay. Bernie used to come up and look a little frazzled sometimes. Oh, yeah, you for know? sure. And it, it was a bummer. And there is such a thing as ageism. It really happens. Yeah. And I think he's he stepped up his game a little bit. Yeah. You know? Do you think he maybe like even though he doesn't hang around with a lot of billionaires, do you think he started uh, practicing some of the billionaires' habits of like transfusing the blood of children <laughs> and like into his veins, uh, or how do you funny. think he pulled it off? 
No, you know, I think he's one of those people that's that's been pointed at True North since he was a young guy. He's, yeah. I think he's the person that got bit by a vampire but stayed a human. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like when I look at, I think power is the real drug. That should be the drug we have a war on. Because anytime somebody has too much power, they, they become corrupt. That's why so many famous people are, are upsetting us now. People that we thought were heroes, they had too much power. Right. And power. Oh, I can't co- wait for that to happen to, happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It is. It's, it's a sexy, it's a sexy thing to have happen. <laughs> right. But I think we need to start treating power like that. If you can't have more more than two drinks to drive a car, you shouldn't make more than $2 million a year to, to steer a country. Right. You're not connected to human beings anymore. And I, I think Bernie's done a good job staying amongst the people yeah. and being more like a vampire in Seattle than one in Transylvania. Yeah. I Yeah. That's a really good point about the $2 million and even the difference between $2 million a year, which is too much money for anyone to make, yeah. uh, and what like Michael Bloomberg has is yeah. shocking. We it gave like shocking. some stat about how like a millionaire is somebody like is the equivalent of like five minutes and a billionaire is the equivalent of like three weeks or yeah. something like that. And it's, like a, it's you... a legitimate thing. It does change people. Oh, there, there's course. literally a, course ca- uh, uh, a case in, in the legal system about a kid who claimed affluenza. Yeah, it was yeah. like a disease from having too much money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like it's, I think it, people are going to dig more into it. When I, I think we're going to find out it does change people. Yeah. I think probably in different ways. Like the affluenza kid, I think, was just like, I never knew there were such things as consequences. Yeah. I was sheltered from an early mm-hmm. age. Whereas I think we're also talking about like some weird like life force draining energy vampire. A like nine-tit Dracula. Nine-tit Dracula uh, having. Um, my, but, OCD, yeah, like, <laughs> my OCD makes me hate that Dracula so much more <laughs> than an oh, eight-titted Dracula. Oh, that's uh, like, why are oh, they body extra shaming much? <laughs> right. Oh, that extra boob just drives you crazy. Um, <laughs> it's in a circle, so it's not as though like one like one's lops like one of the sides is lopsided. It's like a a circle of of, of nine breasts. Yes, I'll accept it. Very satanic. Very satanic. <laughs> Wait, Jack, what was that? Sca- the like five minutes versus three weeks. Uh, I what need to that? look it up. It's okay. it's somebody tweeted it, and it's like stuck in my mind forever. And we talked about it on a recent episode. But it's basically like if you convert dollars to seconds, a million oh, a million okay. seconds is the equivalent of like twelve days is a million seconds. 33 years is a billion seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And that's just, how long you're allowed to live if you right. have that much money. Well, yeah, think about <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, that's eventually probably going to be the case. I mean, that movie In Time starring Justin Timberlake, ever right. seen it? Right. But I mean, like, you know, they're, they're looking... They're all trying to live forever, all the billionaires. They're yeah. trying to find ways to preserve their being, upload their consciousness to the... To the web? I don't know. I called Baby Yoda Baby Yoga. I'm a, I'm a hopelessly old, irrelevant. Uh, baby Bikram Yoga. Yeah. Uh, producer Anna Hosnier informed me that her and her boyfriend have been just laughing at me over over the long weekend for saying that. Uh, and rightly so. I think it's, uh, it's definitely the most... Uh, old dad thing I've ever said. <laughs> and they got this, what is it, kids with the baby yoga? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, for sure, turkey. Overrated. I think turkey. Oh, and this is the first year where I, I claim my identity back. 
All my life, I've come to America with my weird Egyptian food, and I've had American kids mock me about my, <laughs> my moussaka, about my tabbouleh, about my hummus. And you know what? You have gross things, too. And oh, one yeah. of them is turkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I remember writing letters to my cousin in Egypt going, look at what these people eat. Right. And he's like, what's a turkey? What does it even look like? I sent a picture. He wrote back a three-page letter. <laughs> Start to bottom, the word ew. <laughs> So gross. It's a flying ball sack is yeah, what it is. It's, it's the most really... disgusting. Who eats that? I just, a lot of people. I'd yeah. rather have moussaka. Thank you very yeah, much. Same. Yeah. Uh, also, sorry, going back to your underrated on Bernie Sanders, the spice in his rice thing. Uh, somebody was talking about. So we, we covered the fact that Deval Patrick had a uh, event at Morehouse State, I think, Uh canceled because only two people showed up and those two people were like yeah we were just curious to see if anyone would show up <laughs> and so like on the his way to the event he like canceled it but bernie sanders had had like a huge uh rally at that same college like two days earlier so yeah. uh you know the the idea that bernie sanders is only for uh white dudes i think is changing this big time, time around a little bit yeah uh and finally, Thank you, Cardi B. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false? I don't want to be too political. Can I be political? Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think Trump is a real person. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't know. Um, you think I, he's I, th- I think we are uh, here's what I, I think we're in a war right now, and I think Trump is a Russian operative. I, I really do. Wow. I, I think and, and people can say what they want to say, but there's people out there who think the earth is flat. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think he's a Russian operative. I think people are not paying attention to things that are happening. When we left Afghanistan, Putin walked in and took over the military base that we built. Right. It's now Russian operated. It there's so many connections between him and Putin. It's like it's not just that he's a, a bad president. He is a traitor, and he's probably the most successful traitor we've ever had in the history of mankind. Yeah. Straight up! Yeah! <laughs> DJ Daniel happens to agree with you. It is one of those things that when you say it, it's like it, people on both sides are like, all right, man, like uh, Trump's a Russian spy, and like that, that has become like a – a cliche thing to say and like to make fun of as a diluted perspective, because I think there are some people on the, in the liberal side of uh, the political equation who have decided that, you know, Russia hacked the election and that's why Hillary lost. And we don't have to change anything about the democratic party because it was just Russia cheating. And that like, so let's uh, just, solve this crime and everything can go back to normal. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that is necessary. Like you don't have to believe that to also just look at the evidence of all the ways that Trump is acting in the interests of Russia that like military like leaders are all just like, man, this is totally, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I think I was in Santa Monica yesterday on third street promenade during a holiday season. And there was the most, you saw Trump and Putin meeting. (laughs) No, but I saw the the most, I saw the most militarized police truck I've ever seen in my life Yeah, in Santa Monica. And Hmm. I'm like, what's going on after seeing what's happening in Hong Kong. These are governments taking major oversteps into our freedoms. And like, we shouldn't be focused on Democrat Republican. We should be focused on people versus governments. Yeah. That's the, problem look at hong kong hong kong is us yeah it that's that's what's freaking me out right now is it so it's not just about trump and it's not democrat or republican it's about governments he's changed the water in in dc 
Yeah. And, and politicians now on both sides are starting to feel like they can do more to us right. without us biting back. And it's time to sharpen our teeth. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. You should run for something. Totally going to get followed. <laughs> I'm already being followed by TSA agents constantly. <laughs> TSA <laughs> you know, in the airport. And now they're going <laughs> to... At least they, they stuck you with a tail that uh, probably gives up after 15 minutes. They're <laughs> like, I got to go on break, man. <laughs> no, I got, the, I got the stupid comedy calendar. People know where I am all the time. Yeah. <laughs> My life is a nightmare. <laughs> have you got more tattoos since you were in last? You have dope tattoos. Thank you. Everybody should check out our... Uh, Instagram. <laughs> no, I didn't get more. Um, I usually, most of my tattoos always, ever since I was a kid, they're memorials. So it's, no one's died, thank goodness. Oh, wow. Uh, There's only one that I got that it wasn't a memorial. And it was the, uh, this one. On the 11th day of February, 2011, I was in Egypt when uh, performing for the protesters when uh, a guy uh, tried to stab me. Oh, oh shit. And I was an Egyptian in Egypt. And, and that was to me, that was like the death of me thinking I was just an Egyptian. I'm wow. not Egyptian anymore. I'm yeah. Egyptian-American. That's a whole other entity. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's the only other thing. It's not a human death. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we come back, we'll talk about the box office. But just on the on the subject of the Irishman, uh, that's actually something that kind of runs throughout because it, the story weaves into uh, the topic of Jimmy Hoffa, who was... Uh, according to Robert De Niro's character, Frank Sheeran, he was bigger than Elvis in the 50s. He was bigger than the Beatles in the 60s, mm. uh, which probably is true for like a small portion of the population. Yeah. I don't know if it was true for uh, everyone in America, but he is you know, frequently giving speeches. He was this really powerful figure who was frequently giving speeches about you know, how the people need to unite. And the, the people and the workers need to unite against capital and the government yep. right and solidarity yeah solidarity mm. class <laughs> solidarity and mm. that is something that's a concept that just completely evaporated like during during the 80s reagan just basically killed the unions and uh i do wonder you know how much the the fact that the only thing we know jimmy hoffa as today is that guy who disappeared who might be buried under like you mm. name it just yeah. like an urban legend uh, how much of that is just, you know, the fact that labor is no longer even a concept to us. Like yeah. I wasn't even raised with a concept of, you know, labor solidarity and like mm. working class solidarity. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll get more into the Irishman and more into the weekend box office after this brief commercial break. And we're back. And Tamara, you just uh, told Anna that your mom says happy Thanksgiving. Your, <laughs> yeah. your mom and uh, super producer Anna Hosnia are acquainted. Yes, They're, they are. Yeah. Uh, that's. I just think that's very cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about movies. And Anna said, Anna said, yeah, I just messaged her like it was like her homie. Uh, so let's talk about movies uh, this weekend. Did you guys watch many movies this weekend? Any movies this weekend? I saw a few. Over the long weekend? I saw Knives Out. Oh, Ooh, shit. I want to see that. I really want to see that. It's. I really liked it. Big awesome. fan. I'm going to go see it again. That actually cool. had a big, it overperformed expectations. It, it made like 41 million dollars at the box office which for a movie that wasn't like previously existing ip right and is like an adult movie for adults about adult things right. uh it 
I think Hollywood was like, what the fuck? How is this? I mean, happening? it was marketed well. Like that trailer was like, ooh, yeah. I want to see that. I think he also has like a, I think maybe uh, The Last Jedi probably threw people off the scent a little bit because he, it was like this massive blockbuster. Mm-hmm. But I think he is like one of the few filmmakers, like, you know, Jordan Peele and like a couple other filmmakers who, is a draw in and of himself. Like, sure. Because like his movies are just like generally interesting. Sure. Um, but uh, so that that's a good one. Uh, I have not seen it. We'll we'll give people a little time to see it. Uh, we also we also watched. I think all three of us saw The Irishman. Mm, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you didn't see? No, it. I didn't okay. see it uh, because it. it's not a man who was bitten by a radioactive Irish. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I'm not going to see it. <laughs> so you're refusing? I refuse. On, on those grounds? Yeah. Well, usually, well, if I do see it, I'll hate it because right. it's not about that. <laughs> you'll just. So I might see keep, it, even though you know that you'll keep waiting I'll, for I'll that. Ju- to I'm going to wait for the moment when the Irish <laughs> when the person who uh-huh. is radioactive bites. A man, yes. and until that happens, I'll hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would explain what happened to Robert De Niro's eyes, uh, because mm. he has, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Black Sunday, the Johnny Depp movie about uh, oh. Whitey Bulger. Oh, oh yeah. Black Dark, Black Mass? Black. It's, wait, is it called Black Sunday? <laughs> not. It's definitely not called Black Sunday. <laughs> is it called Baby Yoga? <laughs> it's called Baby Yoga. And uh, no, it's called Black Mass. Okay. Uh, have you seen that? I have not seen it. He is terrifying looking. Mm. And like they give him these like weird blue eyes that are clearly done in some sort of post effect. But sure. uh, De Niro has the same thing going on. Uh, throughout this movie, it's not it's not enough to like distract you. Um, but Tamara, you saw the Irishman. You liked it. Yeah, I did uh, surprisingly because I have a really complicated relationship with masculinity. Yeah, you know, like I I grew up with a dad that was physically abusive, and then I grew up in a in a boxing gym where I was hung around Holy with a lot shit. of like meatheads and stuff. And at a time when you know they boys don't cry was like the statement du jour. You know right. what I mean? Like my. I used to joke that the first time my dad said, uh, stop crying, be a man, was after a doctor slapped me and said, it's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always had this complex relationship with it. And I, and I did, I always thought of Scorsese after Taxi Driver, like he was categorized as like violence porn. But then I saw this movie with a friend. It was daytime. It was at IFC theater. It was in the village. I'm like, this is a perfect place to see it. Why not? Let's go see it theater style. And I thought three and a half hours was too long and three and a half hours plus Scorsese felt heavy to me. Yeah, yeah. And I was even pre-planning out my pee breaks. And <laughs> and I didn't, man. I sat through it and there was this really nice uh, additional element of like almost comedic-like ingredients with like the way he used fashion and music and really subtle like black belt level acting yeah. um, with the the way they played off of each other. It was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters, but with human dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> they were so on their A game and it was, imp- I don't see old guys like that. And then the nice thing was, even though there was violence and even though there was like a lot of this machismo throughout the film, it showed a vulnerability yeah. that I haven't seen in a Scor- Scorsese film before it about did, masculinity yeah. and about life. And, and it, it was a little deeper. It really felt like something he would do in the final chapters of his life. Yeah. I definitely think it's worth seeing. Yeah. But I'll, I will say that. And it's awesome to see Joe Pesci back again because oh, he hasn't dude. been in movies for a while. So, and it was a different Joe Pesci too, yeah. I felt like. 
it was like he was very handsome and winning and like sort of the guy like instead of being like sort of the somewhat damaged, yeah. you know, sidekick or, totally. you know, like guy overcompensating for something. He was just like smooth operator Joe Pesci. Totally smooth dope. and wise. Yeah. Like it was a calm Joe Pesci, which, yeah. it, which was a nice surprise. Yeah. Because he's been working on his music career. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so he's weird. got bars. Yeah. yeah. He's got bars. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Frozen 2 has continued. That's another kind of piece of box office uh, information from over the long weekend is that Frozen 2 has continued to dominate. Now is officially another kind of global phenomenon, just like the first one. I saw it. You did? Uh-huh. What'd you think? It's fine. <laughs> right. So that's the range of responses from adults that I've heard is that – it's fine down to it's bad. And from adults about how their kids experienced the mm -hmm. movie, it was like, I don't, it seemed like it wasn't made for them necessarily. Or like it, it had like weird concepts that weren't necessarily going to like resonate with, to a kid. With children, yeah. 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 Um, to, so, I described it as um, the fifth element meets annihilation. Right. Wow. Because they go into this like annihilation uh, shimmer. Right. Uh, and there's a shimmer. <laughs> there's like, a shimmer. It sounds almost like it's like the Matrix sequels, like levels of like metaphysical things like happening. Yeah. Like and metaphysical then, made physical, in, physical made metaphysical. In the shimmer, they have to figure out like what's this mysterious like presence that is um, summoning Elsa. And it turns out <laughs> there there's a whole fifth element storyline that it's right. like yeah I, I can see it very much not resonating I was sitting next to two children on either side of me neither of them were mine right <laughs> I don't have any children right um and I feel like they were like not really into it or they weren't quite getting what was happening and then the songs were I would say on the whole better than the songs from the first movie but oh, wow. they're they attempted to do another like big let it go let it go um, number and it just the 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 let it go song in this one didn't measure up I mm. think right and, yeah and then, then let the, it snow but, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's blow. like this weird um there's like a subplot where the dude Kristoff I think is his name yeah the guy who's uh wants to fuck his reindeer by the way right that's <laughs> like a story right he, that he has a yeah, he, like relationship <laughs> with his reindeer that his like troll family don't ask uh right. finds a little bit like weird they're like ah oh, this guy he yeah I didn't remember that from the first one but then that carries over into the second movie and there's like a m moment when I straight up thought he was about to fuck his reindeer. He like looks at his reindeer and then he's like, I like reindeer better than I like people. And I'm like, oh my God, he's about to like <laughs> kiss his reindeer. Um, but then he's actually like working up the nerve to ask uh, Anna or Anna or whatever that character's name is to marry him. And like, that's a whole subplot. And I'm just like, ah, this it's, it was okay, but I didn't uh, I didn't like it that much. I actually watched the first one over the weekend with my three-year-old who claimed he had seen it, but I realized halfway <laughs> through he had just seen the YouTube clip of Let It Go oh, sure. uh, a number of times. Uh, and it like he, he really enjoyed it. He loved it. Mm -hmm. But my theory with these movies has always been it's like becoming massive on the strength of it being the first movie for young women – 
based on the most important and identifiable relationship they have in their lives, which is, you know, their relationship with other young women Mm -hmm. in the face of, you know, impossible social standards and men who are constantly trying to seduce and murder them. Uh, You (laughs) know, it's like all Disney movies up to that point, including this one, had been written by men as like, okay, the woman then needs a man to come in and like save her and... uh, this one by accident, like it was going to be that, and then they wrote Let It Go, and the song was so good, they were like, shit, <laughs> Elsa needs to be a protagonist too. And mm-hmm. so they rewrote it to be about Elsa and Anna as the protagonists and made the uh, love interest like have a turn at the end. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for the first Frozen. <laughs> uh, but I think that just like that idea that they accidentally stumbled on because Let It Go was so good is still kind of carrying these movies that seem to be based on what everybody's saying, somewhat flawed uh, movies in terms of like what they deliver in terms of just sheer like movie going experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, It kind of carries them through to be like these massive global uh, phenomena. It's awesome you guys both saw it with kids. Like yeah. that's the main reason why I can't see it. I feel like movie theaters should have like child caddies. Right? I know, I, <laughs> like if you're a single guy and you want to see a Disney movie, they're like, would you, would you like a child? <laughs> would you a like child a child to see this one? You, you can't see it alone, buddy. Yeah. It's too weird. Like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll take that, the Latino boy. That happened to me with uh, the Lego movie. And I immediately went home and started having kids uh, really? to make sure it go. never happened see? again. Yeah, I felt too awkward. Bring uh, your own caddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Made my own child caddy. Well, uh, check out the episode on Frozen of the Bechtel cast. Yes, uh, where you we definitely talked should. About it. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, for people who don't know, but... Caitlin hosts one of uh, the most popular, best podcasts on our network, the oh, Bechtel wow. cast. Thank you. Uh, which is each episode you guys break down a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, your from a feminist perspective, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I mean, are... movies like Frozen are marking this like trend toward you know more f- feminist films. Uh, and though that movie like did everything by accident, kind of, uh, but it was it was well received. So. Um, and then you know after that we got Moana, yeah, and you know all all, all these other properties that uh, do have more feminist undertones or yeah. overtones in them. So you know we're seeing a trend toward more progressive representation. People people okay. get mad at me for not mentioning Brave, which oh, sure. apparently was the first uh, we just woman released. Protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in a Pixar movie, uh, we just released an episode on. How do the themes of that Brave. movie hold up next to? Um, well... Next to the feminist text that is frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, pretty well. I mean, and that was 2012, uh, before anyone was really attempting to do anything, uh, super feminist, at least in the mainstream and especially in, like, Pixar things. But, um, because it was, like, a woman at the helm of that movie, it was, you know, her story, it was based on, uh, you know, her relationship with her daughter, uh, she got taken off the project because John Lasseter is a piece of shit. Right. But, um, yeah, it was like her kind of calling the creative shots for the most part. Uh, and uh, that's why we, like, have this nice movie about a mother-daughter relationship and this, you know, like, strong female protagonist. And yeah. All that. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I think it holds up pretty well. Um. All right. Let's talk. Let's check in with the political world real quick, guys. Uh, the polls... 
uh, prior to the long weekend started moving. I think I think it's basically there's a week lag built into the polls, like a week long seven day lag built into the polls because you need to poll people on how they're feeling, and it takes about seven days for like to complete a worthy poll. But that's not a thing that the media likes to acknowledge because then it just kind of makes them look less relevant. Uh, so there was like as like Wednesday happened, five thirty eight finally started registering some of those polls, and uh, the people's opinions moved back to where they were when the call uh, memo slash transcript was first released, which was uh, kind of the height of thinking that uh, the president should be impeached and removed. I'm talking from, about impeaching this green. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and removed from office, uh, but. So I, you know, we talked about this before uh, on yesterday's episode, but it still doesn't seem like it's kind of being registered in the mainstream media. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like a cocktail of Thanksgiving hangover and it being old news by the time the journalists get back to their desk, but it seems like people are still just kind of coasting off of that. Well, what are the Democrats going to do now? Mm -hmm. Because they don't, you know, they don't have all the evidence they need or do the Democrats have the evidence they need? And it's just it's democracy. It's not Burger King. Right. You can't have it your way. The guy's (laughs) a criminal and there's evidence pointed towards him being so that public opinion doesn't matter. The court's opinion does. I'm tired of like the media treating our, our politics like it's a popularity contest. I love high school in the 90s. (laughs) <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's right? We have to focus on what's right. He's yeah. a criminal. He's been. A, he. There's evidence against him being a criminal, and I don't care how how snowflake conservatives feel. Right. <laughs> no, I I would agree with that. I also think that the focus on the public opinion is basically, you know, the Republicans are looking at that as to like from the Senate side whether it's going to like whether it's going to be t- unpopular for them. And for their party to just sort of push this guy through. And Mm -hmm. that's like to effectively actually have him removed from office. I think that needs to be the message that Republican senators get is that like it's bad for their party long term and short term uh, for them to just be like, nah, whatever. He can do whatever he wants, Mm -hmm. Um, which I I think is the actual truth of it. It's just a matter of like whether – we can get to that truth through all the, you know, Fox News spinning yeah. and all, all the bullshit. I think he's getting progressively more and more dangerous because as you get more and more power, he's getting more and more drunk. Yes. Mm-hmm. So his his actions are becoming even more and more erratic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's I, I it's such a problem. Yeah. Especially uh, for an Egyptian. Sorry to say that, but I, I mean, for I, I just one last quick thing is I think a lot of people don't realize that for people who immigrated here from countries where we had dictators, yeah, and we had people that would like praise other dictators. You're giving away your freedom, right? It's not. It this isn't about right or left or about who wins this or that. You're giving away your freedom, and you're allowing politicians, not just him, but every politician watching him who wants to be a politician, to go. I can manipulate uh, the public. I can. I can get become president and then make money off of it and scam people and use mob like behaviors. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you recognize from like the rise of dictators? hundred percent. Egypt. Mm -hmm. Leaving Egypt was like leaving an abusive alcoholic father. Yeah. And then I came to America and it was Brady Bunch dad. Right. And now all of a sudden Brady Bunch dad has alcohol in his breath. And I'm like, I smelled that before. 
Yeah. I've smelled that before and I know that smell. And people who are American citizens should talk to people that have had dictators in their country yeah. and say, what does he smell like? Yeah. There, like I, re- I read, uh, I've talked about this before on the show, but I, I read a old report from somebody who was an expert on the rise of Nazism mm-hmm. in Germany. And mm-hmm. they said that alarm bells started going off in their head when Republicans uh, began opposing Obamacare on just purely ideological grounds and mm-hmm. just like yeah. it wasn't based on any like basis in reality or yeah. like what, you know, what, what the strength of the arguments was. It was just this purely ideological thing that, uh, I don't know, it, it seems like people who pay attention to history are all like of that same mind as 100%. people who grew up around dictators. That's that right. It's like, this is a really slippery slope yeah. and we're just kind of ignoring it. 100%. My grandfather used to say, history may not repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. Right. And it's this mm. old quote that he heard. So he said, the way you need to look at history books is like a farmer's almanac. Yeah. <laughs> not mm-hmm. like an old book, not like old things that happen, but new things that can. Right. That's the reason why you should read this. projection of events to come. Because we're predictable. We're, yeah. we're the, still the same human beings. We still have the same software in our brains. Yeah. 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 Um. Steve Bullock and Joe Sestak dropped out of the 2020 Democratic what? race. Just oh, those guys. <laughs> yeah. I know them. Yeah. Now that we recognize their name from the recap, or pre-cap, uh, that seems like big news. But I, like, I, none of us know who these people are, so I won't even like – it just seems like this is a commentary on how uh, unnecessarily full the Democratic field was already sure. in the first place before you know Bloomberg. I was going to vote for them. Damn it, both of them. <laughs> both of them. Yeah. I love yeah. Michael. S- 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 <laughs> Michael, uh, just other random. <laughs> uh, Steve, Joe, Michael. Uh, so, other uh, kind of big news that's not being covered as much is that Jared Kushner is now taking over the border wall project. Um, so. Yeah, there. That should do it. Uh, he recently, you know, nailed the Middle East peace plan. I think the we've achieved peace in the Middle East. Uh, and so now Trump uh, has brought in Kushner and Kushner immediately uh, enlisted the help of WeWork founder and colossal douchebag Adam Newman to, like, give him advice on how he should get this uh, wall built. Or actually, I think he asked Adam Newman for advice on the Middle East. Uh, and mm. Newman bragged to people that Kushner and Mohammed bin Salman would save the world with his advice. And when people were like, uh, MBS just murdered a journalist, he was like, yeah, he just needs the right uh, mentor, <laughs> which is such a douchey uh, tech industry thing. Like mentorship is the most important force out there. So after three years of doing that, Trump moved him over to the wall project because uh, the only new stretch of wall they've built uh, since he was elected on uh, build that wall chance uh, is 32 feet long. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's like 500 feet high. So they've actually it's actually done a not. lot. <laughs> and what they erected can be cut through easily with a saw that costs less than a hundred dollars. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, 
Trump's the, wall is as effective as those cowboy hat toilet paper things right. that we sit on in public restrooms. Mm. Well, speaking <laughs> of... Uh, An STI won't <laughs> seep through this paper. Speaking of paper, uh, the, the most successful stretch of Trump's border wall, or at least the longest, was actually one made by children out of craft paper uh, <laughs> during the White House Halloween party. That's so they great. Actually like had paper mache? Paper ma- it was just like pieces of brick-colored paper that were stretched across the wall in the White House uh, around the words, build that wall with like messages from children written on it. But what could the messages be that Ugh. like, yeah, President Trump, let's be racist. Like there's literally no teachable skill that's being honed there. Wait, can we zoom in on this photo? I don't, I'm, I I'm don't to... know. Let's <laughs> see. I, I wasn't able to find mm. a zoomed-in picture. Yeah. Uh, it, it also could just all be things that the White House interns like built to make it look like they had the support of the, the fifth-grade demographic. <laughs> I zoomed in on one, and it said, uh, Dear M- Mr. President, your hair tastes like cotton candy. <laughs> so anyways, it seems like Kushner really has his work cut out for him uh, in order to meet his goal of uh, around 400 miles Uh, By the election, again, they've built 32 feet in three years. He's going to build 400 miles in the next 12 months. Uh, They will have to accelerate the work, according to Kushner, at least fourfold, which is a lot. That also would only leave you with less than a mile. Right. Uh, But uh, the government will have to obtain hundreds of privately owned parcels of land in Texas, uh, then build on the land uh, in a year. And that that's like the technical difficulty that, you know, it, it's basically another intractable problem that Trump is just like, well, my son-in-law is a genius because Ivanka <laughs> tells me he's a genius. So I'm just going to throw him at the problem. And then when he says he did a good job, I will assume the problem yeah. has been solved. Because that was the promise, right? In three years, I will build 400 feet of wall. Yeah. <laughs> Four, yeah, exactly. Uh, except you need four, 40 miles yeah. or 400, 400 miles. miles. Uh, he's also just frustrating the hell out of people who are already working on it because he came in and was like, all right, here's how we're going to do things. We're going to go faster. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> just move faster. Uh, and... Yeah, they're just annoyed because he has no knowledge or experience, uh, has no idea about how the government would go about procuring those lands uh, that they need to procure. Uh, He believes that uh, they should start live streaming the building of the wall, which would not be popular with the construction companies because that is, you know, it's like being nanny stated Mm -hmm. and also... uh, like would give away, you know, their techniques of how they were building it. Also just boring. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to bu- watch a wall being built, I want it to be exciting. Yeah. And the other main problem with the project thus far is it's being headed up, uh, like all projects for the past three years, by somebody who changes his mind constantly and is, you know, won over by these like fifth grade notions that you should build a big ditch with pointy spikes and paint the wall black so it'll be hot to the touch. These are all Trump ideas. Um, so, yeah, it's all just kind of a complete mess. Uh, no one actually seems to want this to happen other than Trump. And Trump doesn't even really want it to happen. He just knows that his base will hold him to it in the next election. Uh, but he's also been caught saying behind, like, off the record that he's 
doesn't give a shit about the wall, but that like his base wants it. <laughs> and there's also the matter of uh, working with construction contractors who, if Trump cared about how contractors felt, they he would have paid them at some point sure. in the past. Uh, yeah, doesn't he have a long history of like oh yeah contracting work never, and then never paying for never it? Never ever pays unless you take him to court, mm-hmm. in which case he will draw it out and extend legal battles yeah. and make it cost you money to get paid money. <laughs> uh, and I mean, yeah. he has made some pretty impressive walls, like the wall that now exists between us and our allies. Yeah, the wall that now <laughs> exists between Americans that were once neighbors. Like, yeah, between decency and what's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At, he's made at plenty. Thanksgiving tables, <laughs> I, at Thanksgiving I would table, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> there's one other problem with the border wall that I hadn't actually thought about is that they're trying to build it on the border, but uh, U.S. crews can't go into Mexican territory. Mm-hmm. Like, so if they're live streaming it, like they would be constantly breaking the law because they're having to like go on both sides. You can't just build the uh, wall from one side. You need sure. like workers on both sides of the wall and mm-hmm. like you need them to have the freedom to go from one side of the project to the other uh so that's they they would be illegally crossing the border thousands of times on a live stream <laughs> right uh, the border's not a real thing too it's almost like when you're a kid and you're like that's hot lava <laughs> right it's like somebody yeah. goes that's mexico yeah right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a lava it's floor. all fake yeah it's not uh, real And because of all these uh, concerns, Kushner has continued to push forward with a 24-hour camera wall idea. Anyways, so it'll be interesting, uh, and we will keep tabs on it uh, because surely it will be the next project and problem that they solve for all Americans. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take one more break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, super producer Sophie Lichterman today came into the office talking about something that I've been hearing a lot of people talk about lately, and that is the royals, the British royal family. Uh, I've been hearing them talk about it because of The Crown, which just dropped its third season, Mm. uh, first season with its new cast uh, with Olivia Colman and other people. But Olivia Coleman playing the the queen. Uh, she's always playing a queen. Always playing that queen. The favorite. Hello. Um, I know she was so good in that. <laughs> yeah. So that's big news. And apparently, she in this season is sort of hardening into uh, the sort of stoic meanie who killed Princess Di. Uh, mm. I, I don't know. That's it's a wild conspiracy theory. But <laughs> there's also a, a new article that Camilla. Prince Charles's wife, who his wife, his Sorry. wife, uh, <laughs> is being groomed to be the next queen. So this is something I didn't know, guys. Queen Elizabeth's husband is a prince because mm-hmm. he was not born in England. He's Greek, and so they're oh. like, "Oh God, <laughs> what are you doing?" Uh, so he has no claim to any power. He can't become king. But if Prince Charles becomes king after the queen passes on, his wife would be able to be queen because she was born in England and has like vague uh, royal connections. And yeah, so, she's a, a, the Duchess of... Yeah, the Duchess of something place? or other. <laughs> so the reason I think she is the Duchess is possibly by marriage from her first marriage. I don't know. This could be totally wrong, but... 
So an interesting thing about her and Prince Charles is that like they have been in love since they were like children. And then Aww. like the queen <laughs> split them up and like sent him to his like royal uh, military service in Costa Rica. And like her elders married her off because they didn't think she was like worthy of the of the crown. And so this is like part of a long ongoing uh, story that you know what's crazy about it this story makes me think of how phenomenal prince the musician was because <laughs> every time you say the word prince my brain has to go not that prince not that like, one that's how big of an impact he's had on my life wow. yeah and then you have to downgrade <laughs> and then I, exactly to a royal prince <laughs> an actual face royal I see. prince it's unbelievable yeah. uh <laughs> yeah way cooler uh our prince is way cooler than mm, yours England. for sure uh, <laughs> unfortunately um, but yeah, so there's all sorts of intrigue about uh, what will happen when Queen Elizabeth retires or passes away. Uh, and then there's also the Prince Andrew stuff, which I don't know if you guys, you seen this? You heard about this? I haven't mm. heard about it. Yeah. So he's a uh, pervert. Uh-oh. Who was uh, all over that Lolita Express and uh, <gasps> Little St. Jeffrey oh. Island. Holy Did you guys see the crap. pictures of that island? No. Oh. So gross. It's gross, but it's also the island looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, that's damn, what's important. Uh, and that is what's important. I mean, the real estate value on that, you guys, you have to understand. <laughs> what a difference Prince Andrew would make if he was Prince Andy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting shorts on cops. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I know you're still an authority figure, but you're cute now. <laughs> yeah. Shorts really do undermine. I, I tried right? to wear shorts once to work, and people just wouldn't even look at me yeah. when I tried to like make meetings with right. them. They're, just, They're like the uh, blonde mustache of clothes. Right. <laughs> the blonde mustache. <laughs> there, there's a whole beat in the Irishman about uh, the lack of seriousness uh, of That's somebody right. wearing shorts. Somebody <laughs> tries to meet with Hoffa uh, and wear shorts to a meeting, and doesn't go well. <laughs> Uh, There's a stand-up comedy book called Don't Wear Shorts on Stage because right. people won't take you seriously as a really? comedian if you're wearing yeah. shorts. Huh. No one wants to see your legs. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a comedian wear shorts. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. but it's I'm like <laughs> it's not good, especially in certain communities like Florida and mm. right. some of the resort communities. You'll sure. see comics in shorts. I'm like, I'm very uncomfortable. Yeah, that's funny that I haven't seen it because resort communities are where most of my favorite comedians perform. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the resort circuit. <laughs> yeah. So checking in with the NBC story, uh, there there's additional details coming out uh, about Gabrielle Union's her time hosting America's Got Talent after she was. Uh, fired recently, I think in the last couple weeks. Mm. So she said that Jay Leno made a racist joke about Koreans eating cats. She complained oh. and they fired her. Uh, the timing kind wow. of lined up. Uh, she also said that she was told her hair was too black and Whoa. she did uh, uh, quote, honkify it. <sighs> no, that's not, nobody said honkify it, but they did say <laughs> her hair was too black. And yeah, it's just it just generally sounds like I don't know, NBC just sounds so fucking toxic like yeah. at every level. Uh every behind the scenes story that comes out. Like there there was all of the Ronan Farrow stories uh where he was trying to break the Weinstein mm-hmm. story at NBC News and they were just you know, shooting holes in it from every angle, like Ugh. just trying to take it down. Uh and then I was just talking about how their headlines seem to be drifting sort of rightward in yeah. their, uh, you know, their 
they had they wrote the famous headline that the uh, first day of impeachment hearings lacked pizzazz, <laughs> lacked the pizzazz that was going to capture America's imagination. Unbelievable. Um, and and then they had one about how firing uh, the people, uh, the perpetrators of in the Me Too movement wasn't going to solve everyone's problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just just interesting. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on NBC, you guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and finally, I wanted to talk to you guys about Amazon. Mm. Uh, this is sort of part of an- The nicest company who does all the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's an ongoing trend of people just finding the most fucked up things on Amazon stores. We did a story a couple months ago about how there are all sorts of dangerous children's toys, uh, that you can find on Amazon. Uh, but somebody recently- found a Auschwitz-themed Christmas ornament uh, <laughs> that, yeah. So lame. And, I mean, there's some terrible Christmas ornaments on the internet. Uh, there's one for a KISS tour bus uh, that you can find. Um, speak for yourself. I own it and I love it. <laughs> but I mean, who wouldn't I want d- Santa delivering presents below a tiny replica of the place where 70-year-old Gene Simmons gives women uh, vintage UTIs. Uh, <laughs> but the, there's also this year's ornament from the NRA featuring a Christmas tree inside a a cozy house with just National Rifle Association written under it. But what? the product that uh, really caught people's attention, uh, along with a similar bottle opener, was this like Auschwitz themed Christmas ornament. Um, Yikes. And yeah, the Auschwitz Memorial tweeted selling, quote, Christmas ornaments with images of Auschwitz does not seem appropriate. Auschwitz on a bottle opener is rather disturbing and disrespectful. We ask Amazon to remove the items of those suppliers. And they did remove them. Okay. Uh, but this is sort of part of a long-term trend of Amazon going viral for, you know, not screening the shit that they sell in their store, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, taking it down, and then doing literally nothing to change <laughs> their process. Mm-hmm. There was a story that went viral where they were selling, like, Nazi flags and a shirt that said, I love Himmler, and somebody complained to them in a, in a uh, message, and they responded, we're like, we're, we'll take it down, we'll take it down. And then a week later, that person got an ad on Amazon that was like, you might like this Nazi flag. Uh, There's also a jigsaw puzzle of Dachau. Um, Wow. Yeah. Mm. And a t-shirt that says, I love Heinrich Himmler. So, and even back- I take back what I said about- (laughs) They're nicest, (laughs) but they're so good to their workers. I think let let them have their things. As a half Jew, let them have their things. I think hate creates cancer. And if these people want that kind of thing in their house, if they think that makes me a good person, like there's a guy on my block named Mike. I don't like Mike, right. his, his, but his, his dad passed away recently. I'm not going to put up signs that say, hey, Mike's dad's dead, right? Because I'm not a piece of shit person. Yeah. You know what I mean? These racists are basically saying, we're, it's not that they're racist. It's that they're piece of shit people. Yeah. They're bad people. Nobody wants to live next to them. Not even white, not even good white people. <laughs> <laughs> So let them have their ornaments so they can be reminded of their disgusting hate and yeah. let it eat away at themselves. Get, I hope they get cancer and die. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure this Maybe it's isn't a, good for the soul. 
Maybe it's like a screen, like they are put there as bait so that we can figure out who the awful people are who yeah. are buying these things. And I don't know what would be done about that. Yeah. It's like when but... you pee in a pool and it turns purple all around you. Yeah. We yeah. should have like uh, Nazi booby traps. Right. <laughs> and then the, these, these guys are surrounded by swastika colored purple water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but guys, you would be violating their freedom of speech. Oh, and, shoot. Uh, yeah, they apparently Amazon has policies that prohibit hate speech, uh, and that policy applies to everything except books, music, mm. video, and DVD. Okay. Uh, so there's a ton of white supremacist literature that, uh, available through Amazon. That's when you're too drunk. See, right. like I think when you're when you're a cop and and you tell people you can't drive, they make you try to touch the tip of your nose. I think with people that make too much money, that have too much wealth in this country, we should ask them, what's more important, people or money? If they say money, they're too drunk. Right. They're too drunk to mm-hmm. communicate to but people. But they would never, they know not to say money. Well, they we just, can trick them. Yeah. They're very <laughs> trickable because they're drunk. Right. But they, yeah, I, this is one of those things where they are clearly slurring their words and totally. people are just like, yeah, that's fine. That's, it is what it is. Or I guess people are just so used to the person being... Yeah. Uh, money drunk because yeah, Amazon isn't changing anything, and uh, they just don't seem to have the incentive. I mean, th- like for a company that has as much money as they do, for a CEO yeah. who has as much money as Jeff Bezos, although uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to him because Bill Gates just passed him as the richest man in the world again. So they're going <laughs> wow. back and forth. Uh, so you know, we're, we're all thinking about Jeff Bezos this holiday season. <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that they couldn't do something to address this problem, mm-hmm. like that it's just a problem of scale, which seems to be what people are arguing, is just so beyond absurd I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what to what to do with that um, there is one consideration that i think about which is that you know it wasn't that long ago that we had the 15 year anniversary of the internet and i think you know like 15 years after we discovered fire <laughs> so much arson you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> right so I, I think we're there we do need to think about it in a way where like yeah screw amazon but it, also, we should start to operate as a village and be like, how do we want to handle fire? The responsibility of fire. How do we? What are our What are our version of firemen? What are and fire people? What is our version of a smoke alarm? What's our ver- You know what I mean? We need yeah. to We need to think that way, like holistically as a, as a society, to protect ourselves from hate speech and violence and things like that. Yeah, I mean, in the broad sweep of history, the internet is one of the biggest inventions of all time and anytime sure. there's a huge invention that shifts the grounds of you know wealth and just you know how the world works uh, there's usually big monopolies that spring up in the aftermath like totally. the uh, monopolies that happened after the railroads and you know things like that but it just yeah it's frustrating that people don't seem to be worried about it or, or seem to get that like it's something that needs correcting necessarily. Yeah. So that's depressing. Yeah. Well, Tamara, it's been amazing having <laughs> you, man. <laughs> Thanks so uh, much. I love hanging out with you guys. Yeah, I always end so up fun. feeling good, even though we're talking about stuff because it's depressing. It's, shit. No, but it's yeah. chatting with smart people and we're still in control. I feel like we're like that. We're, they're poking us with a the bear. They can't control us. Even French people cut off a king's head. Yeah. And we're tougher than the French. Uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> let, let's prove that we are. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, experience um, my, you? The, the best place is my, my website has all things my uh, me. It's tamarakatan.com, 
T-A-M-E-R-K-A-T-T-A-N.com. And also Instagram is a really great place. It's at Tamerkat, T-A-M-E-R-K-A-T. Okay. And is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Um, yeah, I recently wrote a silly tweet. Uh, it said, uh, you know, when Carly Simon wrote, uh, you're so vain, I bet you thought this song was, think this song is about you. Uh, people know that song, but the song they don't know is the second song that came out, which was, uh, you're totally right. That song was about <laughs> was you. About you. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. was. He was vain, but he was right. <laughs> God, how many people have you heard that song was actually about? I've heard James Taylor. I've heard yeah. Mick Jagger. I've heard Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. I've heard, uh, I think Warren Beatty's the one that people yeah, say. Yeah, me too. That's true. the one I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he seemed so nice on that Oscar stage when he was fucking <laughs> up that award. Right? How, how could he be vain? Uh, Caitlin, where can people find you? And what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. You can go to my website, CaitlinDurante.com. I have uh, online screenwriting classes that I'm teaching oh, cool. uh, coming up soon. The registration links are on my website if you're interested in learning screenwriting from someone who does have a master's degree master's. In from Boston University. I hate to bring it up. Um, Great school. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, a tweet I've been enjoying. This comes from, um, I might mess up the way this is said, but uh, at um, Philogrocery or Grossier. Uh, do you think the Grinch's dick is hairy too? Oh, like the rest of his body, or just smooth and green? It's a great question. I definitely think. First of all, I definitely think it's hairy. Okay, so team hair, green. team hairy and green. Uh-huh. However, uh, I don't think it would be green if it was hairless. Because isn't he just green fur? Green oh, fur. We don't. I don't know if we know what his skin color is. Right, because. Uh, I was watching The Grinch uh, mm-hmm. last night, and uh, the it's the new like Netflix one that uh, I did. I don't even know who voices the Grinch or like who's in it. Uh, but they at one point uh, there's a joke that the Grinch is buying green hair dye because he's a little oh. getting a little long in the tooth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's I think it's a spectrum. Like I think the the shaft is a dark green, and then on the right before the head, it's like a lime. Oh, right. I see. A lime green, and then it goes back to like a lot of dicks are Neapolitan. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's three course. shades of green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm team. A lot of dicks are three shades of green. <laughs> I've always said that. See, I think I'm team smooth dick. Smooth dick. Smooth yeah, good. but but green because I think his skin is green in addition to his hair being green. So, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, a couple tweets I've been enjoying. Dylan Galula tweeted, I wish Trader Joe's was on Instacart, quote. Mm. And then me living out my little pretend life as my phone sells my medical history to Chevron. Uh, <laughs> and then Louis Vertel tweeted, at West Elm, there are at least five Golden Globe nominated Diane Keaton roles walking around at any given moment. Uh, I find that That's funny. <laughs> uh and you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook fan page and a website. What? Uh, DailyZeitgeist.com. Where it's great. We post too. our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information <laughs> that we great. talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on. And super producer Ana Hosnier. 
perpetual pinch hitter for Miles's music picks uh, has has a hot one for us. Uh, she's been pointing at her phone, uh, which has a Spotify playlist up. Uh, so exciting for the last hour. Actually, <laughs> it's been uh, kind of distracting. But uh, Super Producer Anna Hosnier, what song are we riding out on today? Uh, to continue the knives theme. Nice. So Ooh. Really been, knives but, uh, out. <laughs> I'll knives talk about out knives movie. out again. This one is called. Um, it's called Looking for Knives, and it's by Dion. D y a n. I'm probably saying that wrong. I haven't actually heard it ever said before, but it's a great song. It's very low key. It's got chill vibes, and it's about looking for knives. Uh, <laughs> and you know, sometimes you're. Uh, there's no mic on you. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great jam. Um, I really like listening to it later. Uh, looking for your knives? Dark, looking for my knives. Uh, so yeah, enjoy. Thank you, super producer. Uh, all right, so we're going to ride out on that. Uh, we will be back this afternoon uh, and then tomorrow because this is a daily podcast and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. And I want to raise and I got to parade.